it's the pursuit of something that is never finished that's never perfect you know um there's there's always something to do differently something to do better in that sense you know i think that that journey will never be over that's violinist Geneva Lewis talking about her own personal journey with the violin. She'll be performing this weekend with your Austin Symphony Orchestra. And at just 24 years old, Geneva has some inspiring insight to share with you and me on this episode of Juilliard's. Geneva, it's wonderful that you're in Austin. Have you been to Austin before? I have once before. I think I was last year in 2014, I believe. Your schedule as a performer must be rather hectic. Yeah, it's pretty busy. You know, a lot of um, a lot of traveling, a lot of rehearsing all the time. Yeah. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. We're going to talk about your performance with the Austin Symphony Orchestra, Geneva. But let's first talk about how you started playing the violin, because I think you started really, really early. And was that something that you as a child were drawn to? Or did somebody say, hey, you know, Geneva should learn an instrument and, and let's try the violin? Um, it was sort of a, a mixture of things. I started when I was three, and it was a combination of um, my parents being really encouraging and supportive with classical music and sort of always having it around the house. Um, and also I have two older siblings, and uh, they're both musicians as well. So I sort of grew up seeing and hearing them play and wanted to follow in their footsteps. And so I, I do remember wanting to start violin from an early age, but it was always something that was, you know, I was totally surrounded by. It's such a difficult instrument. What can you say about the relationship that you that you have with your instrument, Geneva? Are you still learning so much from it? Or do you feel or does it feel like an extension of you? Um, Well, I think that both both of those things are true. Actually, I think it's, you know, it's the pursuit of something that is never finished. That's never perfect you know Mm. um there's there's always something to do differently something to do better um in that sense you know i think that that journey will never be over um i also feel like you know in your words it does feel like an extension where it's at this stage it's something and i guess has been for a while where you know i feel the most comfortable expressing myself where it feels like the most authentic version of of my voice in a way. So when did you realize, Geneva, that you and the violin really had something good going on? Um, well, I guess when I decided that um, it was really what I wanted to pursue professionally is kind of happened between the ages of like nine and 13. Um, I remember when I was nine, that's sort of when I got a sense of what being a professional violinist might look like and I just absolutely loved it um you know in the next few years I think when I was 13 that was sort of the age where I had to cut back on some of my other hobbies and pursuits and realize that I really needed to dedicate so much time to to the violin if I was gonna um make that my career yeah right do you have a memory of being on stage like um like a memory where you felt like, okay, this is a big one. This is me really stepping out in front of a large audience. I've had a few experiences like that. And honestly, I've just had a number of experiences that are maybe more private in the sense that they happened in the lesson and a rehearsal in the practice room. Um, but, you know, I do love performing and, and actually one uh, sort of 
significant moment like that for me was with this concerto that I'll be playing this weekend, the Mendelssohn Concerto. Um, it was the first um, solo concerto that I ever got to play with orchestra, and I just played the first movement. And I remember that being just sort of this really overwhelming feeling, you know, getting to having just me standing in front of an orchestra um, was pretty surreal, and that sort of set the stage for you know, doing doing what I'm doing now, and it still feels incredible that this is a, a dream that's coming true. Wow. I mean, and so much hard work. Well, and I like what you said about sometimes it happens in the practice room. Sometimes it happens in a private moment because those moments can be great leaps forward in our in our development, in our minds. It's true, yeah. And I mean, you know, doing something like this and an art like this, a skill like this, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of... Um, solitary time, you know, just you and the instrument. Yeah. So how do you connect with others like peers or even those that have gone before you? Like, of course, I'm sure you have wonderful instructors, but do you also have sort of informal mentors that you can reach out to? I do. Yeah. I feel very fortunate to have, um, you know, been included sort of in a number of extremely supportive communities. As you said, I have, um, I've had a few teachers in my life. I haven't actually had very many private teachers. I've um, the the ones I've had, you know, I've tended to stay with for a very long time, and we have uh, very close relationships. So I have them, and then, as you said, there are more sort of unofficial mentors, um, other musicians who uh, I'm so grateful have been really willing to to share their knowledge and their experiences as I'm kind of just starting out. Um, and then just as significantly, all my peers and colleagues, you know, I have so many people around my age, a little older, uh, younger, a lot younger, you know, who are just so incredible and inspiring and um, constantly um, having me think about and experience new things. That is wonderful. And, and so important to have that community because so much of your work is done individually. And I could, I just have this vision. Like if I were you, Geneva, I'd be like, can someone give me Anna Kiko Myers phone number? Cause I have a couple of questions. <laughs> no, exactly. And I'm, um, again, as I said, pretty, you know, everyone I have come across has been so willing to share their own experiences. Um, and oftentimes, you know, they're very vulnerable experiences. It's, um, you know, there are aspects about, um, this life and and this art that are that are difficult so it's you know there's a really really you know I think so many people who are who are doing this are just amazing people for sure Um, you remind me actually of a conversation that I had with Midori um, because her path was started you know so young and in fact I think did I read that you were on stage um, with your debut at age 11 I feel like that was her trajectory as well a little bit but I think especially like this idea of community and to be able to connect with people who have experienced before it's happening in a way that hasn't happened before, like the level of understanding and the level of, of sharing, which I, I don't know what that's really a product of. It could be the extraordinary, you know, few years that we've had. Um, it could be just kind of a natural evolution of who we are, but I do feel like there's more support in these artistic communities than there used to be. It, does that resonate with you, Geneva? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that I don't necessarily have the um, the personal 
perspective to share on that. And from my very, you know, biased individual experience, I've found myself to, to be in a lot of great communities for some time. Um, I will say, since you mentioned her, Midori is one of the most amazing examples of this. She's, um, I've had the honor of working with her just a little bit, had a few lessons and, and master classes here and there. Um, but she is someone who is just so dedicated to music and to people and to teaching. Um, and so I can certainly imagine that talking to her in particular would give this wonderful representation of sort of the the ideal of, of who a musician is today. Mm, yes. Oh, well said. So let's talk about your performances coming up with the Austin Symphony Orchestra. And this is, may I just say, a really interesting program because it's a mix of past and present with works by Mozart and Mendelssohn, but also two living composers, Jesse Montgomery and Sir Paul McCartney, with the help of Richard Rodney Bennett. So it's wonderful variety and a great blend of music, I think, for everyone. So please share with us, Geneva, what you'll be playing on Friday and Saturday with the Austin Symphony. Sure. So I will be playing the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, and I'm extremely excited. This will be my first time working with both Maestro Peter Bay and the Austin Symphony Orchestra. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure, you know, the the one thing that I could say that I'm most excited about. I think it's very special to play a piece that many people really know and love. Um I think that's something, you know, it's a different experience bringing in a very familiar piece or something that's brand new, and there are wonderful qualities about both. But I just, honestly, I think it's one of the greatest violin concertos ever written, and I think many people would agree, and I'm I'm just very excited to... Um, you know, see what we can bring to the music and, and share that with everyone this weekend. Geneva, do you have any sort of like game day rituals? You know, when you wake up on the morning of a performance till you get there in the evening, like what, is there anything in particular that you do to sort of just set yourself up, take care of yourself, get yourself in a, in a mindful state of readiness for your performance? Um, that's something I've sort of been trying to, to figure out. And especially as I've been, you know, having the opportunity to get more experience with performing more regularly. Um, something I've sort of found is necessary for me is to not overdo it on the performance day. Mm. My tendency is you know, I get pretty nervous and I want to spend the whole day practicing and trying to fix this and this and this and make this better before the performance happens. Um, but I've realized that usually it ends up better if I can just let go a little bit and and trust in the work that I have put in prior to that point and just, um, you know, try to get myself in a really centered state of mind for the concert. Oh, that makes so much sense. And, you know, that's got to be a tough thing to do because particularly in music, there's this element of like getting it right, getting it perfect. Like there's the right, there's, there's really only like one way to do it. I mean, it's kind of like math in a way, but yet there's so much of a rainbow of expression in between the notes and how you play the notes, but like to get to that place where you can let go and be confident must be such a such a struggle because you want to be technically sound and yet you you step into it on your own. But I think that's where the real that's where the real magic happens, maybe. It's true. And, you know, there's um, as you said, it's sort of this combination of um, I mean, look, we all sort of this music is so sacred to us and we have so much reverence and respect for it and 
that results in a lot of um, pressure and, and self-criticism, I think, to try to get our playing up to this level that we believe the, the music is at. Um, so, you know, it's trying to reconcile that with, of course, just never losing sight of the spirit of music making and storytelling, um, you know, and just, you know, in this piece, for example, there's, yes, there are many dark moments, but it's also filled with so much joy. Um, and speaking for myself, maybe some other people, it's, uh, we tend to get very serious about all this, you know, because we care so much, but really, you know, finding that sweet spot in a performance of just, um, letting go and focusing on the on the communication and the expression is really as you said that's what's going to bring a performance to life right on so will you be practicing a little bit during the day and not a lot (laughs) yes that's the plan we'll see how much i freak out and go back on that (laughs) (laughs) well you know what we're only human right best laid best laid plans Exactly. No, I get it. The struggle is real. And it's just a, I mean, it's a testament to how, how important it is for you and to be in that moment and to be, you know, with the audience in that moment. Right, exactly. You know, I just, I just want to make sure that everyone, that I represent this piece fairly and give everyone the chance to love it, you know. Right on. Oh, I totally get it. Oh, I, I think this is just so exciting. I mean, this is going to be um, uh, this Terrific. So you're performing Friday and Saturday, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so this Friday and Saturday at the Austin Symphony with Maestro Peter Bay, Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E minor, and tickets are available at austinsymphony.org. This is this is a performance that I think is going to be wonderful for the whole family, actually. This is part of the Masterworks series. You must be so excited. I'm really, really excited for this. And I think it's going to be a great weekend of performances. Well, I have one last question for you. Because you've made such incredible strides in this, in your art form, and really kind of quickly in your career, for someone listening who's young, aspiring violinist, let's say, at that 12-year-old, 13-year-old stage, is there anything you would want to tell that person um, that you kind of wish you had known then that might have helped you a little bit along the way? Maybe the one thing that I found to be um, something that was a struggle and something that I, I still struggle with is to do everything you can to to keep your belief in yourself, to maintain your confidence, um, and, you know, just to remember that while, yes, of course, it's a lot of hard work and commitment and, and dedication and consistency to... Um, to, you know, be a, to be a violinist or classical musician or, you know, any, any sort of comparable field. Um, at the same time to always make sure you're remembering why you're doing what you're doing and constantly asking yourself why you're doing what you're doing, because that's something that can and will change, um, you know, and just sort of hold on to what you love about music and the value you find in it and, and what you want to share. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, and I think that actually applies to almost any passion that you have. Yeah, I I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And frankly, Geneva, that I'm going to apply in my own life. (laughs) I'm quite (laughs) honest. I'm working on applying it too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
If you're still here, thank you so much for listening to Juilliards. Geneva Lewis will be performing with the ASO on November 18th and 19th. And if you want to learn a little more about the pieces that are going to be explored, come a little early because Jeffrey Blair will be giving concert conversations at 710 right in the hall beforehand. If you want to hear more from Juliet, listen to Magic 95.5 weekday afternoons. She's on the air from noon to seven, keeping you company while you're at work or on that all too lengthy drive home.